Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Tiffany Dubois Morales, and I am your host for Tiffany's Community Spotlight recording at the Pyramid Club. Today with me, I have the wonderful Rick Alcantara. He is currently the chapter president for the International Association of Business Communicators, director at large for the Public Relations Society of America, and a very good friend and colleague of mine, and more importantly, my husband's father, Lou Morales. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on to the show and, you know, introduce yeah i forgot to mention that i'm also batman oh yes yes sorry he's also batman yeah 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 Yeah, so uh yeah thanks for having me on i appreciate it uh we've known each other for a lot of years like you mentioned i've known your dad for like a million years it seems and he was one of my inspirations in prsa because when i first got involved in the organization i think he may have been the chapter president or maybe just a chapter president not too too far removed um always admired him still admire him and love having chances to chat with him and uh, as we as uh, was it two years ago we got to see him at the uh, 70th anniversary for prsa so that was wonderful to have him on board and we had all of our past presidents back or most of our past presidents are still living in this area so that was fun yeah no it was definitely a lot of fun tell me about how you got into public relations and communication well it wasn't it wasn't my plan from birth let's put it that way although some people may think so uh actually when i was in college as an undergrad i was a radio communications major so i uh, finished college and went into radio down in baltimore harrisburg allentown pennsylvania Uh, eventually began to realize well there's not a lot of money in radio unless you're like howard stern or somebody like that you're probably not going to make a ton of money in radio Uh, and, and the transitions between stations and between markets is very frequent so in order to really make any money you're moving from a smaller market to a bigger market to a bigger market and and i knew a guy who was at one of the stations i worked at i was probably you know 22 years old this guy was probably in his you know late 50s and he'd already been on like a seventh market so i said that's not the future i want so eventually i went back to grad school at uh, rowan university at the time was glassboro state college and um, i had received something in the mail just saying, hey, check out our graduate courses. So I said, what the heck? Why not? So I, I did one course, liked it, decided to do a few more, then decided to, you know, take the exam to get into to college. Um, and then I was off and running and got my degree from Rowan. And while I was still at school, I enrolled in the uh, Public Relations Student Society of America's, you know, student chapter. And that's how I got involved with PR SSA. And then at the time I was in school, I interned with the chapter president from PRSA. And she recruited me to get onto a committee and then eventually become a board member and then eventually become chapter Mm. president. And then, you know, it's just kind of mushroom there. So I've been involved with PRSA for... 25 years or more and my wife still blames my former uh, mentor for that <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man all right well 25 years yeah. i like it so that's the story we're going with yeah exactly exactly okay. all right well that's good to know um okay let's see well considering your vast years of experience i'm sure you've had some rather interesting campaigns or you know stories to tell yeah 
yeah, from the been, early years. There's been some interesting things. Um, for example, um, years ago, I had a, a prior business that I founded and uh, did a lot of, a lot of digital communications, did a lot of website development. And uh, one time I was at a Christmas party uh, for a municipality down in the state mm -hmm. of New Jersey, met the mayor. The mayor was talking with me and we got to talking about the work that I do and told her I did website projects. And she said, well, you know, our website's not really that great. Can you take a look at it? I did. We got to talking. She liked what she heard from what I said. And then eventually I got hired to do a website for the municipality. First one I ever did for a municipality. Nice. Um, after we launched the site, I submitted it into the New Jersey League of Municipalities Public Affairs Contest, mm -hmm. and it was selected the best municipal site in the state of New Jersey at that time. And then we got an opportunity, the mayor and I, to go down to the League of Municipalities Conference in Atlantic City, um, received a nice big plaque that was presented to us by the governor, which was pretty neat, um, considering nice. it was the first municipal site I ever did. <laughs> you know, And to get an award like that was pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. Tell me the horror stories. Uh, the horror stories. Not too many horror stories, but there are some interesting situations. Like, you know, I do a lot of crisis communication planning. And when I go in and I sit down and talk with these senior executives, C-suite executives, senior vice presidents, you name it, mm. um, we find that there's a lot of gaps in these companies planning for <clears throat> the event of a disaster. So if there was a fire or there was some other mm -hmm. issue that would blow up into a, uh, you know, a media storm, they're not prepared. Um, and yeah. they may have a contingency plan, they have an operational recovery plan so that if the building burns down, they move operations to South Carolina or whatever, but they haven't made plans for how they would communicate that to their employees, to their customers, to their partners, to the oh. media, to legislators, regulators, whatever. Right. So, um, you know, in that sense, it's a horror story for those companies. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, there was a situation a few years back I had been planning um, this with the Philadelphia Public Relations Association. Um, I was part of the planning committee for the gold medal luncheon and the press release took about a month to put together because there were 30 people whose opinions needed to be consulted uh, consulted instead of just maybe like three or four people um, and it was an interesting it, it was an interesting plan but um, and set up I put together one press release another PR person put together another press release and then it finally got smashed into the final press release and then we didn't fully have like a plan in action for like the day of the event. So I wound up being in, in addition to the marketing um, committee member, I was also the chair of decorating the whole space. That was a lot of fun, but yeah, it wasn't, um, properly communicated. And that's, that's a common huh. problem, I think, within corporations or even associations is if you've got the, that decision-making by committee or you've yeah. got to go through multiple levels of approval, 
that yeah. can be a, a challenge. Um, you know, when the crisis planning, a lot of times you may have the IT team, the communications yep. team, the legal team, all at odds, uh, each one wanting to control, you know, a response, each one thinking they know what's happening and what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, or you might be a situation like I worked for a company that had both union and non-union employees, both here in Philadelphia and in Chicago. Yeah. So everything that we did, if I was writing an internal communication, sometimes I had to write four or five versions of that document for mm -hmm. the folks here in Philly and the folks over in Chicago non-union, non-union, and then four or five different sets of approvals. So, you know, the, the message changes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, okay. Tell me a little bit about your work within uh, the International Association of Business Communicators. Well, it's been, you know, actually I was on the board for several years in the early 2000s. I was probably about seven or eight years left the organization, <clears throat> came back about four years ago, uh, became a vice president of communications. And then I tossed my hat in the ring because they were uh, needed somebody to serve as president. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so I started uh, my term last January and it's a two year term. So I've got another year to go. And um, you know, we've got a great board um, and I'm trying to add more folks to that. Um, so we have a new new secretary, a new treasurer. Nice. We have a new person in charge of DEI. We have a new person in charge of programs. Um, so it's really coming together. And interestingly enough, it's a small chapter, um, but the International Association um, and especially the Regional Association um, mm -hmm. for IBZ thinks we are just going gangbusters because our program schedule is so robust. Um, we decided um, last year to run programs throughout the year and not take yep. the summer off. Uh, we started doing, in wow. some situations, two programs a month instead of just one. Nice. And we've already got our programs uh, slated through the month of March. And my program director and I are working on uh, May, June, and July. Nice. And uh, our goal is to, starting in March, to have both a virtual program and then a live program at the same time. Like One of the challenges for us has been, of course, COVID, which has been a problem for businesses and associations, and being able to get people to come together for a live meeting. So we have been virtual basically since March of 2020. We had one live event in that span, which was a kind of a networking function um, for mostly the board members, but anybody from the group could attend. Uh, nice. But it's, it's been a challenge to kind of get people to come together because we have a regional organization. We have people in Jersey, we have people in the suburbs, we have people downtown. Right. downtown. So getting people to come to one common place is a challenge. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any um like upcoming events that uh any of my listeners sure. or viewers would be interested yeah in? actually we have one tomorrow which i'll be hosting so carla guest who is a uh, uh works for siemens uh in canada is going nice. to be our guest and she's going to be speaking about uh, persona-based uh employee communications and uh then we awesome. have in january eric hansen is going to be joining us and he's going to be talking about how to oh. unclutter your life with social media or how to unclutter your social oh media life God. let's put it that way and then in in march uh, we have nancy harhut who was a guest of ours uh, about uh, i think about 16 or 18 months ago wow. so she's we're coming back and doing another presentation. She is brilliant. Her book is fantastic, and I can't wait to host oh. her again. 
And, uh, and then uh, April, we're looking to put together a, a panel discussion on accessible communications. So these are for folks who are uh, you know, hard of hearing, um, uh, vision impaired, whatever. Uh, and what companies could be doing to, to improve communications for that community. And then we're just going to keep building. Uh, and, That's you know, awesome. so we're talking to all kinds of folks about different aspects of communication. Mm -hmm. So it's not just improving your, your communication skills within your company, whether external mm -hmm. or internal, but also your, your personal skills or even how to be a better coach to your internal clients, uh, especially senior executives. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds very, very, very interesting. Are we going to be doing any partnerships with um, PRSA or any other Well, groups? there's a big one coming up. I think it's January 25th, I believe. Right. Um, the oh, social yeah. media, the social so 2024 media Philadelphia Social Media Day. So we've got, uh, I think, about 10 associations coming together. Yep. We did this last January, and uh, it was very successful. Yes, it we was. PRSA, IABC, the, the American Marketing Association, Philadelphia Public. Public Relations Association, a bunch of others. Uh, so the, the goal here is to have networking between the different folks, um, encourage kind of awesome. a sense of community within these different associations because we're essentially all in it together. Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. Did the tickets already go on sale? Because no. I haven't heard anything. No, uh, it's going to be about $30. Okay. Uh, well, and uh, I, just, I just post the uh, save the date on our website about a week ago. Okay. So cool. I'm actually meeting the president of the PP or the of um, – the administrator for the Philadelphia Ad Club uh, this afternoon, and we're going to go through some of those logistics. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, that, yeah, that, no, that's definitely good, 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 good. I noticed you didn't mention anything for February. Uh, actually, we do have two programs in February. Okay. So um, February 7th, Greg Feistman, who is a <gasps> professor at uh, Temple University, yeah. is going to be coming in and talking about ethics in PR. And we're going to have a very interactive discussion. I've known Greg for 20 plus years, and we're yeah. just going to have a talk. And we're just going to cover all the bases. So we'll talk about you know ethics in corporations. We'll talk about the approach that PRSA and IABC and other organizations are taking and how, what kind of stands they've taken on these issues or, or have not taken on these is on issues that are relevant, you know, in politics or in government or in the media. Nice. I'll, I'll probably be able to make that. I yeah, because yeah, we don't leave for uh, my birthday trip until Monday the 12th. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, we just tell everybody just go on our chapter website, iabcphiladelphia.org, and nice. they'll find all the all the events up there. We're also doing a partnership with the um, uh, mm. conference board in New York, and oh, that's coming up, uh, the I think it's the last day of February, first day of March. And this okay. is the second time we're partnering with them on, a, on an event up in uh, New York City. Nice. Yeah, so we're busy. Awesome. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. That is freaking fantastic. Good, 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 good. Um, all right. Well, speaking of travel, any travel plans for you know Christmas or New Year's? No, no travel plans. I, I just got back from Texas. I was twelve days in Texas visiting family, and it was fun. And and everything really is bigger in Texas. All the stores, all the restaurants, all the yep. highways, everything is huge. Yeah. And then you come back to New Jersey. So I was, it was like 70 when I was there. I came back, it was like 30 here. So I was like, well, I was yeah. enjoying my stay in Texas. <laughs> oh, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. We, um, we're not really doing anything for Christmas, but for New Year's, uh, we will be out of town. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so my wife and I, we, 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 I don't think the last time we went out on New Year's was probably when we first met, like 30-some oh years God. ago. We just don't, it's not a big holiday for us. We just don't well, celebrate yeah, New Year's. no, pretty much. It's, actually, That's it's probably safer. We don't be driving on 
New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. You know, plus, um, well, yeah. Although, lucky for us, we're um, hitting the road uh, Saturday, the thirtieth. Um, yeah. Um, of December. Jolly, jolly. Okay. Yeah, and it works. It works better if you can get out early and, and leave later. I mean, that was my Thanksgiving plans. I I headed to Texas, you know, a week before Thanksgiving. I left the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, so I avoided all the headaches and all oh, the congestion yeah. and canceled or delayed flights. So, oh, as, yeah. and then if I needed to take the extra time, I could. If I it was a delay, I work for myself, so you know, no problem. Yeah, perks of being you know a business owner, we get to dictate our schedules. Yeah, <laughs> but we also so got to deal with all the headaches of being the business I, owner. You know, I I know. No, although um, my official line is no comment. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, no comment. But awesome. yeah, man, you're the you're the first line of defense and the last line of defense. You're also the one that's got to pay all the bills. You've got to be able to do yep. accounting. You've got to do bookkeeping. You've got to do, you know, business yeah. development. You've got to actually do the work. You know, unless you're bringing in contractors, which I do. Lucky you. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not that lucky. Small <laughs> small business owner. Everybody, remember that. Yeah. So like. Don't quibble about what I charge you. Well, the advantage for. to having the uh, the subcontractors is that it allows you to expand uh, the breadth of what you can offer your clients. Mm -hmm. uh, it also allows you, um, you have people who are actually working and you can actually afford to take a day off or a, or a week off or take a vacation, which you may not be able to do a lot of times when you're working for yourself. That is true. And, and a lot of things as a business owners know is, uh, is that you might wind up, instead of working the eight hour day, you're working the 10 or 12 hour day, which right. I used to do, which I don't oh. do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. Yeah, no, that is definitely true. But okay, nice. How has or like has there been any changes really within the communication industry as you see it since um, you know, the pandemic? You mean other than the train wreck known as formerly known as Twitter? <laughs> oh well, yeah. There, well, yeah, there is that. Um, and then let's not forget that we have um, a about to be finished mayor who doesn't really like the city of Philadelphia anymore. Yeah. Well, you see, you see a lot of challenges, I think, in communications. And I started with Twitter because I think that has become a really a case study for what not to do. I mean, the, the business is kind of spiraling downward. The advertisers are, are bailing out in droves because they just don't like what's being presented on the platform. They don't like the direction of uh, what the yeah. owner is doing and what he is saying and what he's advocating. <clears throat> and that creates a problem for advertisers. Uh, and yeah. I think one of the big issues was companies were finding that their ads were appearing next to, you know, questionable content, uh, racist content, and they didn't want to yeah. be there. So, so they bailed. Um, I think another yeah. issue is that, uh, mm -hmm. companies are just not putting an emphasis many times on, you know, wh what they value as effective communications. Uh, and I think AI might be having an impact on that. And I think it will have a bigger impact as we go forward, because if you were a business owner, um, yeah. especially a small business owner, would, would you pay? you or me a salary or, or, or the dollars to come in and do the job when they can just go into AI and, and tell AI to pump out a press release. They might not yeah. be able to, you know, it's not going to have um, 
the quality. It's not going to have any yeah. kind of empathy, you know, in its in its message. Um, it's not going to have a human feel to it. Um, yeah. But they might just look at the dollar and cents of it. So it could have an impact on, you know, uh, how many people will be, remain employed in PR or internal communications, external relations. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm seeing that more and more of the PR agencies are now adopting more and more AI technology, not only for their internal use, but also using it to create messaging and campaigns for their clients. So I think that is going to be the biggest change that you're going to see in communications going mm-hmm. forward. And, yeah, and then I'd say the third like, thing is, um, you know, just from the association side, is that associations uh, membership worldwide, not just here in the U.S., is trending downward. And it's becoming a real struggle for associations to keep members and to attract members. And I think there's two problems there. I think one is right. that companies are not willing to spend the money on their employees to attend these events or become members because they're afraid that if they do spend the money, that employee is going to become better skilled and better trained. And they might take that somewhere else. The other sure. side of it is that they might feel a pinch, you know, which is we just don't have the funds to pay for you to do this development. And so they don't pay for it. And then the employee looks at it and says, well, if the company doesn't value it, why would I value it? So I'm not going to pursue that. So, you know, membership in, in PR associations and other associations just seems to be going down. And so the associations, I think, got to get very creative as to find ways to bring membership uh, up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um yeah, this has been really nice. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I think actually we're going to be pretty much done. So once again, thank you so sure, very much sure, for fine. coming to Tiffany's Community Spotlight. Please remember to subscribe, like, comment. Um, Tiffany's Community Spotlight on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Dubois-Morales, and I will see you all later. 